Turn our attention again to the last half of the Gospel from Luke chapter 2. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The Gospel. The TV show, Undercover Boss, was a hit and a fascinating hour of viewing for a number of reasons. I'll be honest, I only caught a few episodes over the years because if a show doesn't have balls, law enforcement, combat, or some historical value, it's probably moved down the ways on my preference of viewing pleasure. But the episodes I did enjoy seeing usually included an element in common that made those episodes compelling from my perspective. To have the big boss of a major corporation shadowing you, the little guy, while you're doing your daily job without you realizing that's who you were spending time with. You know, the idea of teaching the entrepreneur, the very processes that he invented as if he knew nothing about it. Telling the boss lady how working for her made you feel about her to her face without realizing that she was the one actually listening to you. Wow. Makes for good entertainment television, doesn't it? I doubt that if we had the ability to put together an episode of Undercover Boss that featured the shepherds who lived outside of Bethlehem, there would be enough drama possible in their existence to remain compelling for a 60-minute episode. Yeah, maybe 30 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, certainly not a whole hour. After all, it's not all that complicated of a job. 
or all that heavy of a responsibility. Especially the shepherds that were on night duty. They were hired men. The owners of those sheep were sleeping somewhere warm and snug without a care because they knew their sheep were well taken care of. They were uneducated men. They were poor. They were usually somewhat suspect in regard to their character, for we know from the documents of history that there were special laws actually passed in many places regarding interaction with hired shepherds. One of them was very clearly stating the reality that you should never buy a sheep from a shepherd. You should only buy a sheep from the one you know who actually owns the sheep because you might spend your money and not wind up with the sheep. So, if you were looking for the least exciting, lowest paying job that was disregarded by most of society and culture around them, pretty much considered to be done by those who had an unambitious life, Night Shepherd outside of Bethlehem would prove a good choice, but not on one very special night. There was one night on the hills outside of Bethlehem that it clearly simply was amazing to be a shepherd on the night shift. It wasn't bandits or predators that made their night so exciting or memorable. It was the arrival of angels. Certainly unexpected. Certainly shattering every element of their existence, overpowering every one of their senses. As the sky itself was ripped apart with brilliant, flawless, heavenly light, and voices, perfect, heavenly voices, that only usually sang in the presence of the Creator God Himself, were now offering the most powerful, the most profound, the most perfect musical piece that human ears have ever heard. Take a step back from that simple statement for a moment and contemplate. A moment so dark, so quiet, so normal, almost to the point of boring, becoming so amazing, so profound, so completely overwhelming in every way. A, bright so, a light so bright that it terrifies you at first. A being that appears to be beyond your comprehension, certainly something you've never seen before, whose presence and manner is commanding, terrifying, humiliating all at the same time, and yet he speaks tender words, assuring you that you have no reason to be afraid, though you are terrified, because the news he's come to bring is only good news, only blessed news, only... Loving, repairing, restorative news. 
So you listen intently. And what unfolds like a well-scripted play before your tired, weary eyes in the next moments is the most flawlessly profound production, musical performance that any human eyes and ears and minds and hearts have ever had the opportunity to experience. Shadow those simple shepherds and discover why. Even though you don't know a single one of their names, you know of them. You acknowledge their importance in one of the most amazing moments in the world's history. We know much detail about their one amazing night of their lives. And for thousands of years, every December, new works of art are rendered. New, new poems are composed. New songs are written, trying to help us better celebrate and acknowledge the role of all that they experienced that first Christmas night. They were the very first human beings privileged, privileged to be aware of the arrival of the Messiah, God's long-promised Son on earth, apart from Mary and Joseph and immediate family members. They were told that not only had he been born, but why he had been born and how they would identify him, and what he had come to accomplish. And that they were to go to see him for themselves, for even though he was a newborn baby, he embodied the peace that the angels proclaimed, the peace with God that these shepherds so desperately also needed. Think through that for a moment. God had thousands of years to decide whom, to whom, he would make sure to proclaim first the news that his promise to Adam and Eve in the moments after their sin had been fulfilled and the process of our salvation, the foreign work of God in his world of bringing about a righteousness a life of human obedience, of perfection and flawlessness, even in the face of temptation, had begun as the process of paying the price for human sin. He chose the shepherds outside of David's town. Perhaps at that moment, standing on pasture ground that had been tended one night a thousand years earlier by King David himself as a boy. The announcement of David's greatest descendant arriving in the world was made to exceptionally simple, ordinary men doing one of the most ordinary and lowly regarded jobs human beings have ever known. Truly, God illustrates here in this moment 
by choosing them, that there isn't any human being outside of his interest or his regard, that he desires to know what the birth of the baby at Bethlehem means to them. He chose the lowest of all social possibilities to make sure that everyone has heard. It appears, in contrast, that the high and mighty of the society of the day would very possibly have not been amazed at the news, had not taken the time to go see the baby and to make known the news to anyone willing to hear it of his arrival. In the history of literature, there has always been an effort to reach the everyman with characters and content. You could make the case that the authors down through the centuries that have built plays of drama or comedy or lengthier works of fiction around those everyman characters learned that concept from the pages of the scriptures. Whoever you may be, the interest of the God of the universe shows this night in these lowly shepherds, one of the biggest nights of human history, proves to you just how much God is interested in you too. And I can state that so clearly and unequivocally because you are sitting here. You are hearing this gospel message. The God of all the universe has made sure that in your time, in your life, perhaps many moments like this over the arc of a lifetime, a Christmas Eve, a Christmas Day, you also have heard the news of the birth of this child and what it means for you every day of your life. But far more importantly, what it means in regard to your eternal life with God. We all can be amazed together, right along with these shepherds, concerning the things they were able to experience. Everything they heard, everything they saw, and how they found everything to be just as they had been told. And the details are so amazing, even though by now, thousands of years later, they are so very familiar to you and to me who have heard them over and over through a lifetime. But take the time. Take the time to shadow the shepherds that first night as though it was all happening for the very first time. A holy messenger, full and flawless, holy choir of messengers. They take their moment in the sky above you to proclaim and celebrate God's saving plan and saving love in the person of a newly born baby boy. They leave no doubt. In the words that they speak, in the words that they sing, they leave no doubt that the baby is the Messiah, the Lord, and they give significant details and instructions of how to find him, know him for who he is, and celebrate everything that they have experienced this night. Believers and unbelievers alike have been celebrating all of this for thousands of years ever since. That too, in itself, is amazing. And it should not surprise us in the least that the shepherds would want to share everything that they had heard and seen 
with Mary. It should also not surprise us in the least that Mary, hearing these things, would would tuck them away in her heart and her mind to review again and again over the years as she raised Jesus from infancy through boyhood into young adulthood and watched his ministry and his popularity grow and experienced with him the awful last weeks and days and moments of his life. Words that would mean so much to her in so many ways over a lifetime journey. A most amazing path that she took with her firstborn son. It is also only natural that having seen Jesus for themselves, having experienced everything exactly the way they were told it would be, these shepherds were ready. They were eager. They were confident and willing to share their experience with anyone crossing their path, not just that night, but likely for the rest of their lives. I know it sounds corny for me to encourage you to spend some time either yet today or over the course of the day tomorrow just quietly walking back through everything you've heard from this gospel lesson tonight, spending time with the shepherds, shadowing everything they experienced, everything they saw, everything they heard on that first Christmas night, the wonder and the warmth of everything that played out for them. Take your time doing that. Bask in the glow of the heavenly light. Drink in the sweetest music ever performed on earth. Take your turn to kneel with them in worship at the manger. Add your voice with theirs. In sharing with Mary all that you have experienced in those amazing hours. It's a quiet process. It can go on in your mind, in your heart, no matter where you may be, no matter what might be going on around you, without another soul having any inkling that that's what you're doing, in mind and heart, going back to Bethlehem to shadow those shepherds. They were not perfect men. They were far from it. They were broken sinners who had profoundly failed their God and their families just like any and all of us, yet find in the shepherds fellow sinners who long to be made whole and acceptable in God's sight. Experience with them what it is like for a natural-born sinner to hear from God's own heart through his special chosen ambassador angels that God wants peace with you And then hurry with them to the stable. See everything just as the angel said it would be. See everything just as the prophets of old said it would be. Down to the finest detail of geography and history, identity, even genealogy. And then realize, deep in your soul, that your God has done all this for you. That's right. The 
biggest boss of all, became one of us to give you the best gift possible. Free and complete forgiveness of every one of your sins along with eternal life. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, possible, ever, that would be a greater gift than that. That's why it's so important to shadow those shepherds and simply be amazed. Amen.